welcome everybody. My name is Susan Lamarca and I am the Executive Officer of the School Library Association of Victoria. I'd like to begin this event by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I am today, the Wurundjeri Willam people, one of the five tribes of the Kulin Nation, the traditional owners of this land. I would also like to pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging and specifically acknowledge the important role of story in the history and the lives of the traditional owners of this land. So welcome everyone. We have a wonderful short and sharp session planned for you today and I hope you find the time enjoyable and motivating. This is the term for event in our HILO series for 2022. HILO stands for High Impact Libraries Online and we aim to engage with tools, programs and ideas around providing an excellent online library service. We recognise that people may have resources they would like to share and we have created a Padlet to support this sharing and uh, the presenters will use this space to post extra resources they might refer to and everyone is welcome to post resources or ideas to this space. The Padlet link was on all of your communications and I will put the link in the chat box too once I've finished speaking. This event has been created as a webinar so only the presenters will be on the screen. Um, if you have any questions please put them in the chat box and we will address them when we can. So this session today is considering the topic of free online tools specifically tools that aid, support or enrich any aspect of school library programming or operations. The only proviso that they must be free and openly available. We are going to hear from two speakers, one from a primary perspective and the other from secondary. So to start us off, I'd like to welcome our primary teacher librarian, Rafaela Grasso. Rafaela is a primary teacher currently working at Bialik College in Hawthorne. She's a primary teacher librarian and primary e-learning leader and holds additional responsibilities for teaching creative technologies and supporting year two STEM learning. Raf has been teaching for over 30 years and has a passion for literature, information literacy, digital citizen, citizenship and technology and teaching and learning. Over the years, Rafaela has worked on many projects to mentor staff, students and parents with the aim of increasing skill, knowledge, Digital, knowledge in digital citizenship and awareness. Sorry, I said that wrong, but you get my drift. She is an active participant and advocate for online professional learning networks, and you can find all of the details of her active online life in the event flyer where you can see some of her names if you wish to follow her. We are thrilled to have Raf join us today to present in the HILO series. Welcome, Raf. Hello, thank you very much Susan for that lovely welcome. Um, I too acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that I'm currently on and I pay my respects to the past, present and future. Um, I am a primary teacher librarian. So I work in a K-12 school here in Hawthorne and I'm just about to share with you my um, presentation. So I'll just get that up for you if I can get my Hopefully this is going to work perfectly and I will put it on full screen so you can all see, not just my notes. <laughs> all right, let's go. Uh, okay. Hmm. 
let me just move my things out of the way so I can see where I am. Here we go, slideshow. Hopefully that's coming up. Can you see that okay, Susan? Nope. Something strange is happening. Um, we seem to have two screens. Ah, no, that's it. Now you've got it right. Okay, Correct. that's better. Beautiful. All right. Okay, so let's get started. So before we start, there are just um, three little um, areas that I'm going to be sharing, just in mindful that this is the resources that I'm going to be sharing can be used in primary and secondary for teachers and possibly even with students as well. So the three areas I'm going to be looking at is Book Creator. Um, many of you who may come from a primary perspective may have seen the app creator that many schools use in primary on iPads but some people don't realize that there's also a desktop version which is available free for teachers to create with and use which is absolutely brilliant so that's one of the my main ones that's the one I mainly use and the couple that I've been learning a little bit more about is Wakelet. Wakelet is a digital presentation um, tool that is also free for teachers um, it's just a way of presenting information in, in a more of a current way um, that maybe our users, students, or maybe even parents are used to seeing like a social media type feed. So it's a little bit different again. And then there's Menti, Mentimeter. For those who use Kahoot, probably know Kahoot very well, but this is another type of um, way of collecting information for students and sharing. So there's just a few little different ones because I know people are always looking for different ways to present and keeping our students engaged. All right, um, let's go back. Uh, I guess I am a qualified teacher librarian. I um, did completed my master's um, a couple of years ago. And um, yes, so it feels great to be part of this community. As um, um, Susan has mentioned, we have got the Padlet available. So if you've got, uh, if you don't have access to it or want it on a different device, so you're uh, um, seeing both, there's a QR code for it that you can go into as well as the link. All right, now we're going to step inside or do a tuning in activity or learning task as they're called at my school. Um, um, if you've got a device near you, um, I'm going to give you a couple of moments now. We're going to step inside the app Menti, Mentimeter, because I just would like you to have an experience with it. So you can have that along the side as I'm going through the next presentation. Um, what Menti is, um, is a way of using um, your own questions to generate some data that you might like to students to be able to see live. And we'll come back to that towards the end of my presentation and Susan will keep me on time um, to see for yourself as a user, user experience of tools, because I'm a big advocate and I guess it happens in primary. I like to be able to experience it myself to know what it looks like prior to introducing it to my students. So menti.com, you can pop that in the chat if you want, Susan, if that's easier. Um, I'm not sure if that's working. Okay. All right. I'm going to mainly talk about Book Creator. The Book Creator is the app that many of you may have heard of or seen. It, now the Book Creator, um, it is a paid app on iPads. 
Um, there is a free version of Book Creator for iPads as well, which some schools use, but some people um, may not have known that Book Creator came out with an online version through Google Chrome in collaboration with Google, and they have allowed students, uh, teachers to create digital books using Book Creator for free, and you can create up to 40, 40 books. And there's a lot of resources that have been put into this for educators around the world. Um, they have also got a teacher um, certification that if you've used Book Creator in the past and you might like to get to know the online Chrome version, which I'll show you in a moment, you might like to um, have a go at the certification and um, develop some, reconnect with some skills if that's something that might interest you. The one thing to be aware of is that the app and the Chrome version work um, independently of each other. So if you are a teacher who uses Book Creator, the app version, what you create on the online version, they don't exactly talk to each other yet, but there are ways you can get around that. Um, so for Book Creator, it's a sign-on from a Chrome app, sorry, from the Chrome um, browser. Um, and if your school is either a Google school or a Microsoft school, which my school is, um, I get access not only to 45 free books, but I get extra because my school's a Microsoft school, so I can have up to 50 or 60 free digital books, which is absolutely wonderful for my primary perspective. So when you become a book creator teacher, you get access to a bookshelf, which sort of looks as similar to this, and you can create lots of digital books that then you have access to. And then similar to other resources, you can then share online around the world, which I've done. I've shared with teachers, I've shared with students as well. One of the ones I did recently was for Book Week. I created a digital interactive book um, for the Book Week theme. Uh, yes, I did have 4,000 views on it, um, which was quite surprising because um, I did share it out to all of our um, the Facebook groups that I have recently joined and I had some really positive um, feedback about that. Um, and I'm going to now, if I can get it up. Sorry, I'm very new to WebEx and um, I just wanted to go in and show you how it looks as a user. Again, focusing on user experience. I'm just going to go and open up another browser. So if I go to Book Creator.com. So this is what the website looks like live. So then, um, go into signing in, which is probably hiding under here somewhere. I'm just going to move this down a bit. Going, sorry. Ah, here we go. Let's see if I can get the browser to move up a bit. Sorry, I'll just move that. Hopefully you can see this from your end, everyone. So this is my bookshelf and this is my digital book that I made for um, Book Week. This is what it looks like as an editor, similar, very similar to the Book Creator app. 
but the only difference is that this one here is actually live so I, there's a lot of tools built into here where I can share it so this works as an ebook it can be downloaded saved and printed just like a normal um, book creator app that you may be using on your device um, and this is the live version as it would as a digital book. And what I really liked about Book Creator is because I could embed video as well as text and lots of hyperlinks as well. So as a primary teacher and maybe for um, some of our um, support staff use this in middle school as well, I've also put hyperlinks and links in here. It's just, just an alternative way to present um, and I used this in my teaching when I was focusing on Book Week um, last term. Okay, so with the Book Creator Teacher Certification, um, there are about 20 different, um, sorry, 20 different areas that it goes through. So it, it really is quite a complex and detailed resource but as a teacher I did this over the summer break because I wanted to upskill myself and I tend to look for free tools that have teacher certification built into them because I feel that that's a way that I can learn about it but it actually supports educators as opposed to just general free tools. So that's Book Creator. Lots and lots of resources in there, but I'm going to share these with Susan and then that can give you some more information if it's something that you are interested in. All right, just conscious of time. My second one is known as Wakelet. And um, I know that there's a number of secondary teachers around Australia and the world who do use it. And some primary teachers are starting to jump on board this because um, it's a curation tool it is free, free for teachers. Um, there is a certification as well that goes into it if you wish, but it allows you to create visuals and curate resources that gives more of a contemporary feel to it. It could be useful for professional learning for teachers in your team or in your school for parents and similar to looking like more of a social media type of look with a simple photo with some text. It is a little bit more complicated to get into it but I'm learning a little bit about it. Some of you may have heard of Kathleen Morris um, currently on leave due to other um, situations but she's an advocate for using technology and she has been using Wakelet for quite a while in her primary classrooms um, and she's used it in so many different ways which um, I thought I'd put her link in um, for those who are interested in seeing what is a primary perspective what does that look like um, I've not yet used it because this is new for me, but I hope to get back, get into it a little bit more because I wanted to see more of a primary perspective into it. Um, Wakelet's used around the world extensively in the, U in the US apparently as well. And there's a number of teacher librarians who are using it as a curation tool. Um, and I've put a link in to some guest speakers who are teacher librarians who present for Wakelet, um, which to me gives me a little bit more confidence to know that there are teacher librarians out there who, who are using it and who advocate for the product in an educational setting. Here in Melbourne, or in Australia, sorry, um, there was a primary STEM chat that was held weekly and 
um, the Wakelet was our curator curation tool for all of our STEM, for our primary chats. So I'm not sure if you're a Twitter user or a part of um, Twitter chats, but um, as a professional, this is one of my spaces that I go to quite often. And um, a teacher from Perth has used this to go back now um, five or six years of conversations and chats, which I guess you could use in so many different ways if you use um, social medias for learning tools with your classes or yourself as an educator. May or may not be suitable for primary children as such, but as a presentation tool um, from a visual, um, if, particularly if you put in web links and things like that, it's just a, a, an alternative to you know, PowerPoint or other things that some people may use. Yes, there is a certification course for teachers in Wakelet. So it's a shorter course with um, six different areas uh, because they do want teachers to be using it. And yes, it is free. Uh, okay, let's go on to the, whoops, it's jumping out to my, let's go here. And my last one is Mentimeter. My um, head of library introduced this to me at the beginning of the year. Um, when we were team teaching, he said, oh, I'm just going to create a mentee, get the mentee up. And I had no idea what he was talking about and being curious. I just wanted to know a little bit more about it. So mentee is just an, old, um, an alternative to creating um, or collecting information that you would like to share within your class. For example, a survey there and then and getting live results up. So what I like about Menti is it also has the word cloud option, um, which we tend to use a lot in primary. It's got some polling and you can apparently put in quizzes. I haven't gotten into that bit yet. Uh, there's lots of tutorials on it as well. And the step inside QR code that I've shared at the beginning, uh, for those who may have um, gone into it, we might have a minute or two to go back to it. We'll see how we go um, to see what your experience is as a user of this mentee tool. And it does have a lot of educational templates already created for you, which I discovered, which was great, that you can then download and modify yourself. Uh, and they have all these amazing webinars for educators as well. It is um, US based, but again, we jump on the back of their learnings to help us here in Australia. Oops, sorry, go back. So yeah, they're my three tools. So just before we I finish up, I'll just want to show you the mentee from a user from a user creator experience for one last minute what it looks like the interface so the questions that i put in that you might like to answer during this session or towards the end are what are your top 3 online tools that you might like to use um, what learning management system do you have at your school if you have one um, do you have, sorry, what was the other one? Um, does your school have a management system for your library separate from your school? So they're just a few little questions that I've put in and I've tried to include um, a variety of different presentation viewing for the audience within this little mentee. So the first one was just a general um, 
collection of statements and a couple of work clouds, a poll, and all of that data is live. So if you were sharing this with students, which we did with our year five class, we put the data up and we could see and discuss or whatever as we would in our normal lesson. So this is in the creator mode, as in myself, the creator of it. So um, just to give you a little step inside of that. Um, so just before I hand it over to Camilla, um, just give you a moment to think of if there's anything there that grabbed your attention or something that you didn't know about or something you might like to find out more about, just thought I'd give you a moment to record that and um, yeah, have a think and see if it may, may or may not be of use and you know it's really hard with online tools. I try to look for things that are free because I believe in equity to enable all users to have them. So um, yeah, may or may not be relevant for you, but give you some time to feedback. And that's just about me. So Susan, I'm not sure about timings, but it might be time if there is a question or I do well, apologize. We, have, we actually have plenty of time. Um, and uh, I've got my eye on the chat. I can't see any questions yet, and I have prompted everybody. But please do, if you'd like to comment or uh, or you have a question um, for Raf about what she's presented, please do type something in the chat. Otherwise, um, you've got another five more minutes at least if you'd like to say anything else, Raf. I don't know. Otherwise, we can we can we can charge ahead and and, and see how we go. That sounds great because we can even come back if any, anyone did have anything that they would like to um, add, they can. But thank you for the opportunity as well. So I might just leave it there for now and then happy to chat further if anyone wants to know more. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. That's great. Okay. So please do um, make a, put a, put a comment in the chat if there is something that you would like to ask or, uh, or say. And what we'll do is we'll go on to our second presentation and um, I'm sure we'll be fine. So it is my pleasure to welcome our second speaker for the afternoon, Camilla Elliott. Camilla is Head of Library and Digital Learning Resourcing at Mazenod College in Mulgrave. She is an advocate of the Learning Commons model of school libraries and has a passion for authentic learning and information literate outcomes for students. Camilla's combined role of library and digital technologies over the years places her in a unique position to support the changing nature of learning in today's digital world and certainly an excellent speaker for this afternoon's session. Camilla has a long-standing relationship with SLAV, having been a branch convener, a member of SLAV Council and a member of the Committee of Management. She has held the positions of Vice President and also Chair of the Professional Learning Committee. And she received the SLAB John Ward Award for her con contributions to the profession in 2004. That one always gets me, John Ward Award. <laughs> in 2004. It is a pleasure uh, to have Camilla here to present for us this afternoon. Welcome, Camilla. 
Uh, thank you, Susan, and um, welcome everybody to this presentation today. And uh, thanks, Raf, for um, sharing those ideas with us. There is uh, there is so much out there um, for us all to uh, take on and use. It's good to hear the experience of other people, I think, uh, to see um, how they're using it and how you can apply it yourself. So, um, Susan, I'm going to share my screen and um, here we go. I just have to make sure I've got the right one. Okay, I'm trusting that that's in the right place now. Am I correct, Susan? Yes, absolutely, perfect. Good, thank you. Flying a little bit blind here. We were so, you know, when the, when the pandemic was on, we were flipping here and flipping there and everything else and uh, take us off it for a few months. And um, we sort of think, oh my God, what's going on? Anyway, so welcome everybody. Um, good to see people coming along. And apparently uh, Susan says we've got um, people from interstate as well. So that's um, really great to uh, go to see. Great to see how Slab is reaching out there and, and sharing um, um, what we're doing. And of course, then we uh, look to hear back from what people are doing also. So that's me. Um, let me just, I'm um, still, Susan, um, got my learner's wings on just for a minute. Just make sure I'm in the right. Uh, place so that I can get my PowerPoint screen up. We can see your slide, Camilla, with your, your starting slide. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but it's not. It's not. Um, it's not moving on. Did you get? Oh, there we are. Yep. Right now you're now. up. Ah, good. Okay. Why do we do things? Like there is that much out there that you think. Um, uh, I'd like to try this, I'd like to try that, you know, oh, that'd be great. So when um, I started thinking about this, I thought, well, what is our main purpose behind we, the tools that we use? And so it boiled down to communication and creativity. We want to communicate, we want to communicate with our library team, we want to communicate with the students and teachers and, you know, to raise the profile of the library and to promote our resources. And we want to communicate with parents. That's basically um, our main day-to-day -day, um, group audience. And then, um, so creativity, um, when you're looking at about the usability of free tools, a lot of the ones that, um, that I tend to stick to are, um, meet that criteria of usability because what we're trying to do is we're trying to encourage, we're trying to encourage our students to learn. Um, Jess, our teacher librarian, is a big fan of uh, Padlet, the uh, boys uh, at a boys' school um, here at Mesnod, 7 to 12, boys' school, Catholic. And um, the, the boys love interacting with uh, Padlet. 
Um, so it's that encouragement of learning, encouragement to participate. Um, the other thing is to promote, as I was saying there before, a promotion ag advocacy to get our story out there. What are we doing? And um, and you know just really telling everybody what our library is and to raise awareness. And that's awareness of the learning and awareness of us. And um, I like to be out there in the face of everybody all the time. One of the things about usability to, that I've sort of um, come down to is um, free versus freemium. Um, and free, as Raf says, is fantastic because we have the option of tapping into so many different tools um, at a level of equality. Um, we can all do it, and um, uh, but we can't always pay for the licences, and we don't always want to pay for the licences because you know how much do you get? Do you do you do you put a lot of money into a um, uh, a licence for something only to find that? after six months time, nobody uses it. And so um, I'm really conscious of that free um, versus freemium because the um, uh, the free, of course, you get uh, a certain amount. And, and when it comes to um, the number of questions you can put into um, a tool, you'll be limited perhaps by, um, uh, you know, the, uh, quiz, um, Quizlet, for instance, um, I think you can do three Quizlets before you uh, have to pay. And so what teachers find is they don't like to delete the ones that they've um, already made. And so um, therefore, but oftentimes to move to that next stage, it's not all that expensive. Now I'm saying that you should, but sometimes you personally, and um, as I look at the prices, because I always look at that basic level, that sometimes it is um, over a year, might be $45 or something like that. And so sometimes um, that's worth considering. So I just raised that free freemium versus free versus the full license because it's it's so frustrating to have a full license for something and it just doesn't get uh, it doesn't get the use um, before I go into the actual tools I just thought we've got such a common um, uh, platform in our schools already the majority of schools now have got learning management systems so whether um, some of the primary schools are using uh, the the Google um, Classroom and, and that type of thing. Other schools are using um, Schoolbox as we are, and our Schoolbox is called Mascom. Um, and and uh, there's Simon and Moodle, and we don't use Oliver, but Oliver, for instance, is a tool that's there. You've already paid for it, so are you using the blazers out of it to get yourself out there to to um, tell your story? And that's that's where I think um, be where your learners are, and so put yourself out there so that you're using it. Because as far as libraries are concerned, these things are free because they're not costing you, and so um, we are very much out there in the space of um, of the learning management system and those other tools that interact with, um, with it. 
So um, just on that lean manager tool, the, um, we have, as I say, um, the, um, damn, I've forgotten the name of the dash thing, Schoolbox, which we call MassCom. Um, and it's got a groups function in it. And we use those groups for everything. We use them for reading groups. We use them if we've got a visiting author, we'll set up groups in there. Um, we have a library group that is just for our library team so that when we have our a meeting every Monday, we put our record of our meeting in there, plus any other links and sites that we think we might like or that are a use. Um, the safe homepage, we put them all into our group site and um, and it uh, just keeps everyone in a loop because we have um, a couple of part-timers and a couple of full-timers. Uh, we're, we're a small staff, there's only the four of us. Um, and so it just keeps everybody in the loop. And the, the other thing that I love doing too is going back and, and looking at um, what we did last year, if we're doing, we've just had our literature festival. So the planning for last year's literature festival is still there and we can go back and check it. So that doesn't cost us anything. And we use um, our Google sites for that shared uh, planning. And um, and of course you could use Teams as well for the schools. And we've got Teams, but I'm more familiar at this stage still with Google sites. So for instance, when we had our literature festival just last week, we set up a, um, a Google site for the whole festival and we've actually, we've had the festival going for about five years now and so it, they're all still there, the history of them is still there and, um, and the beauty of this is we can put things in there that we can put out to the public which is easier um, than some of the other school, um, uh, things in the um, LMS that are blocked by the firewall. So that's why I love that Google Suite um, where you can um, drop in um, like um, Raf's presentation there tonight, it's on slides and you can make it public for the web and, and it just goes out there and you can share it easily. So that's that was just, I wanted to make sure that um, we're aware of what we've already got in um, just in our own space because I think for a lot of schools, um, the hardest part is to get your voice out there. How do, how do you get heard? How do you get seen? And so then we'll use some of these other um, uh, free tools uh, to create stuff that we then put onto these LMS spaces and then link the dots and, and get it out there. So that's, I'm, I'm very much for sort of keeping everything interacting and, and spreading the message. So I'll put some video tools here. Screencast-O-Matic went wild here um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And for those who've used Screencast-O-Matic, the good thing about it is it doesn't require a login. A teacher can just go on and record their screen. I've put some of these links in the Padlet. Um, because I want to bring them together just to, to just compare them a little bit. Um, Screencast-O-Matic allows you to do a 15-minute video, which is great. But once again, for a, um, a premium, then you pay more and you can do more with it. Um, it works on your desktop. Um, I've got it downloaded on my desktop and um, 
our teachers here at Mazenod absolutely loved that, and um, a number of people uh, purchased the uh, the license. We have a school license to We Video. We Video also has um, a free version, and um, but we paid. We've only got a certain number of licenses to We Video. Um, I love Wii Video because it has got more complexity in it. And so um, you can build your video just like you do in um, some of the other uh, more complex video creation tools. What's that Microsoft one? That's, uh, oh no, you don't, the media, uh, Microsoft Media Player, Media Builder or something. That used to be great, but they, they took it off onto a separate package. Um, and the thing about a tool like we video is that you can upload directly to um, uh, YouTube or some of these other sites. You can upload directly into your um, learning management system. Always aware um, of when we make something or when we create something, what do we do with it? Because I find with the students, so many of them can, look, this phone is fantastic, but they can create on the phone, they can record, they can create their videos, they can take their photos. But if you say to them, what do you do with it afterwards? That's where it becomes just a bit more tricky that they don't necessarily have the skills to take it to the next level. So to back up their phone to Google Photos or um, or to do if they've got a Dropbox account to link it to Dropbox so it automatically uploads onto Dropbox when they, um, uh, I was going to say when they get into the house. That's what happens in our house. Um, I do that with my husband's phone. Um, when he gets in onto the wireless, it automatically um, uploads onto his Dropbox account so he doesn't lose his absolutely once only opportunity photos um, of, that he took in South Africa and um, so sad. But anyway, we learn these things. Animoto has been around for quite a while and anybody who has used Animoto just loves it. It's um, I think you get 10 photos that you can put in for free and then um, you can just um, type some words in and then you just uh, export it as a video. It is fantastic. Like all of these others, you can embed, you can download and, and whatever. Um, and the thing about Animoto is you can put music in, it creates, it's got its own music in there. And that's the other thing too. These tools have libraries of music and libraries of um, other resources. I can see Raf nodding her head. There are so many, and, and some of them also, like uh, Wakelet and um, like um, Padlet and whatever, um, you've got the community and, and you can share all of those other pre-created um, uh, resources. PowerPoint, Microsoft PowerPoint, now 
I'm, I'm calling it free. Um, the thing that I really love about Microsoft PowerPoint, can I call it free, Susan? Uh, okay. Um, I had a group of boys, VCAL boys, who weren't terribly, terribly keen to be doing what they had to do. And so I, I said, do this um, interviewing and get some, uh, answer the questions, you know, they're given everything there, and then create a video. Well, I made some assumptions at the beginning of all of this that we would get a video at the end of it. No, 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 no. And these were year 10 boys. Um, they can make a video by pressing, make a video on their phone and it records a video. Uh, they can record themselves giving the information, but that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted them to create the video. And this is where PowerPoint is so powerful. And I think that the, um, Google Docs one has got, um, I think I saw that recently. Um, Raf, you may know, can you make videos out of um, uh, the um, PowerPoint version of, um, of, um, of Google Docs? Uh, uh, out of Google Slides, I think you yep. can. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that I is. That... I believe you can. Um, again, yes. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe you can. Um, yeah, we, I saw we, that recently, yeah. Okay, oh good, I'll write that down. <laughs> yeah, because Google didn't have that functionality for a while that you couldn't put music on and, and all that type of thing, but they're fixing all of that up now. The way it works in PowerPoint is that you, and this is where it becomes excellent as a teaching resource, the students can just put their picture in on the slide. So you've got 10 slides. And, and so that's great. But you've also got them to um, get those pictures in response to, um, in my instance, it was finding out about a, um, a, a member of their family. And so under each of the slides, and, and I don't think I even extended to 10, I think I settled on about seven or eight, but using the uh, notes section at the bottom of the um, PowerPoint, it makes it into a literacy as well as a creativity task. And so the students um, typed their information into the notes section of the PowerPoint and then they just had to read that. And they read that over, you read onto each slide and you export as a video and bang, you've got a video in just like that. And so that's the power of PowerPoint in that instance. DaVinci Resolve I include because um, Adobe Premiere Pro is very expensive. And um, DaVinci Resolve, um, my grandson swears by it. And <laughs> I know the boys around here do also. I've done a little bit of a, a survey of them and um, I've had a go at myself, but because uh, I use Camtasia, uh, but you have to pay for Camtasia. And so DaVinci Resolve is um, a very good alternative. Um, quiz tools. There's quizzes in your LMS, there's quizzes everywhere, but the three big quiz tools that are around here are these three, Quizlet, Quizzes and Kahoots. They are the really popular ones. The students love them. 
And uh, we have a license for Quizlet, um, but a lot of teachers prefer quizzes. And the thing I like about um, a Quizlet is that you've got that community. You don't have to make anything from scratch um, uh, that um, you can go and pick it up from community. That's from a teacher's point of view. But I was just talking to Jess about this today and um, she said that um, the uh, using the uh, Quizlet for um, uh, cards, you know, the um, uh, prompt cards that kids use for um, studying and uh, flashcards, flashcards, make their own. And, and I think the days of where the teacher is the creator needs to be flipped around. We've been trying to do this for 15, 20 years, but get the students creating and um, Quizlet most definitely quizzes and they can do it themselves. And uh, so I definitely um, promote those. Publishing and presenting. Uh, Canva is a fabulous product and everybody uses it. Um, and it's free, it's free uh, part is very um, rich in resources, hugely rich in resources. Um, I like Lucid Press as well. It's um, just, it's got a certain amount of free and we've also had a license at one stage to Lucid Press. The other uh, publishing tool that we use a lot here is Padlet. And I'm just aware of the time, but um, I'll just see if I can flip over. This is, this is really risking it guys. Um, no, I'll show you at the end when it doesn't matter. But the thing about Padlet, like in our Padlet that we've got here that we're sharing uh, the resources in today, it, 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 you can put videos in there. I loved using the, the videos. Those three little dots up on the top of when you go to put an entry in, um, those three little dots that are the menu, um, using a video and you can record um, your video and we've used it here for book reviews. And so the activity that we used was around the world in books. And so students clicked on a particular place and that's where they, oh, we put up a background picture of the world. Uh, as the Padlet background. I think it's in one of the options as a background. And then we picked out countries, uh, cities all around the world or wherever you had your book from. And then uh, people, uh, some of them um, put in their, um, uh, just a picture of the cover of the book or a picture of themselves with the book, whatever, but some actually recorded themselves speaking and you can record it just, um, I forget how long it is now, it's a while since I did it, but it's, um, I think it's up to five minutes, which, you know, Gavin's about, you're just about asleep by then anyway. And so um, it's really fantastic. And um, Padlet, we have got um, a school's account, full school-wide account for that um, because we don't get it provided by the department, but it's really um, worthwhile. Canva Lucid Press. At this time of year, we're looking for activities that are meaningful. And so this is when um, I 
come to a couple of these tools and perhaps suggest to teachers to use these. Oh, my lights are going out because I've sat still. Um, so you have to be in the dark, otherwise I'll, I'll uh, move my hand. There we go, come back on again. Um, uh, Zooniverse um, uh, is a citizen science type tool. Um, you can go on there and look for projects. And at this time of year, it's very little effort to sign up to it. You do have to sign into it. Um, but um, uh, sign into it costs nothing. And um, the one that I've, well, there was a couple that I sort of got a bit um, caught up in that when I started looking further at it. It was a little while since I'd uh, looked at it. One of the ones that I was following for a while, there were two I was following for a while. One was uh, updating your uh, war records for the Australian War Memorial. They had that one. And there was another one about um, cleaning up the beach and how much rubbish can you see in this spot? And you had to say what rubbish you, you could see. So it's universe. And um, Google Arts and Culture, I love the historical events uh, in Google Arts and Culture. Uh, Google Arts and Culture has been around there since, been around since Google's been around. So it's got oodles of stuff in there. But it's easy to forget some of these things. And you can tell that I'm, um, I'm, I've sort of been knocking around for a while and um, I just sort of like to hang on to some of these things. I've pulled up some image libraries because free stuff online is also some of those free images uh, because they have to use Creative Commons. Um, and so Flickr, and you can have a free Flickr account. Um, a free Flickr account now, they've just changed the rules on that. Um, you can have up to 50 images you can store in a free Flickr account. And that then creates an album that you can have a variety of permissions on. So you can just share it with your class, you can share it with the school. I found it quite useful. We had a um, election day breakfast um, earlier in the year when the election was on. And so I took a heap of photos and wanted to get them out to staff. So I just put them in my Flickr account and then just made it so that they could get to it. So good, so easy, so good. Um, Library of Congress, I've got a link there to classroom materials because the Library of Congress have, have these buckets of, video, of uh, images. And so if they're studying the Cold War, they're studying uh, civil rights, they're studying any of those historical things, um, they're, uh, the Library of Congress, is, and they've got the tools as well. If you want to do um, uh, evaluating a photo, um, they've got uh, templates that you can share with the class and it goes through all the steps. They're so, so, so good. And of course, our own Australian smart copying, which is renowned worldwide, I can, I can assure you um, that um, the Australian smart copying website has really got a great name um, in the US and Canada and the UK and those other places. And so um, I'm going to put into uh, the Padlet where to find uh, co um, 
Creative Commons license. And the reason I'm using that link is because it has instructions on it as to how to find Creative Commons videos in Google and in other places. So that's the reason I'm putting on that on there because the work's already been done, so you don't have to redo it. I've got people and tools who have endured for me. And, and Richard Byrne, is the most amazing educator who puts stuff out there all of the time and he talks from the classroom. There are other people out there and uh, Kathleen Morris too. Um, I'm glad you mentioned her, Raph. She's done some great stuff and it's great to see what she's she's done. And she shares it, shares it out. I learned how to use Google um, albums through um, uh, through Kathleen's stuff. Um, Eric Kurtz works um, for Google. And so he has the up-to-date tutorials on how to use certain Google tools. Um, I am, when it comes to wanting instructions on something, I do what the kids do, the boys do, students do. I go to Google, I go to YouTube. I go to YouTube, I go to YouTube, and I look around in YouTube to find who the educators are, who the people are that, that um, um, uh, are coming at things from my point of view, and then I will subscribe to them. And that way you can uh, get some excellent stuff. Um, Flickr Creative Commons, Bill Zimmerman, I don't know whether anybody remembers Make Beliefs Comics. The reason I hang on to that is because when you've got an orientation of grade sixes coming in for year seven for the next year, and they say, oh, we want a computer activity um, with these students. Have you got something you can do as a computer activity? And you think, blimey, Teddy, you know, what are we going to put them onto? What, what devices are they going to use and whatever? Make Beliefs Commerce is great for that because it requires no login. You don't need a login. And so they can go on and they can make a three screen, three little box um, uh, comic just like that. Okay, so that's, uh, that's me. That's a lot. Okay, thank you, Susan. Uh, we'll have some questions. Thank you, Camilla. Thank you to both of you. That was fantastic. If there's been some good comments and, and chat going on, I'll just uh, scroll back to a question about commissions. Uh, Lisa asks, do you need to get school approval for students to sign up for these free resources? So do either of you want to address that remark or comment? Uh, I, I, Look, I, I think this is one area where you can't follow that saying of, um, you know, do it and then ask forgiveness. I think you do need to um, make your curriculum advisors familiar with what you're doing um, because there is so much at stake these days. And like in Padlet, in Padlet, when you don't sign into the teacher's version of Padlet, you're out there in the Wild West and it's got so much, oh, my goodness. So they, and the reason I know this is because teachers will say to me, oh, Padlet, it's got all this stuff on it. I'll say, you're not in the teacher's version. And so, yeah. You, you have to really get into the teachers, from my point of view. What do you think, Raph? 
Uh, I agree with you, Camilla, especially for us in primary and mm -hmm. being under 13, a lot of these um, resources I tend to look at myself with in terms of age-wise and then whether or not I'm using it for, I use audience and purpose, they're my two keywords. Who's my audience? What's the purpose? And then um, if it requires individual sign-ons, um, I look at our IT department and for many of them, we're starting to look at how can we become what's called single sign-on. So if we've developed a new, like for example, the um, book creator, um, there is a way of being able to use your school's single sign-on credentials and a number of these platforms are now doing that as well. So um, some of them on their own, if, if they've required parental permission, well then I'll, I will investigate it further and talk to my IT manager before um, using them with students. Um, or the other way is through Schoolbox. We use Schoolbox as well. You can embed into into like, for example, Padlet. I don't let my students go straight out to Padlet mm. in primary. I use the embed code, like you were saying, the three little dots, and I embed just the Padlet I want my students yes. to access into Schoolbox. So I basically go to Adelaide via Brisbane and I try and find out a way that I can make it work and keep my particularly primary focused. And using embedding within your LMS is mm. a really good way to bypass if there is restriction issues. Um, it's just something that, that's worked for me. So important, that's so important because the thing is, you really often only get one chance and if something happens and it doesn't go quite the way you know that it should go and could go, uh, then you've blown it for another time. But this is where Schoolbox and these other tools, because they're all basically the same, you embed it and the other beauty of that is you're in the lesson, you embed it in the lesson and, um, uh, and uh, with um, a lot of the Padlet suggestors, she embeds them in the reading page on, um, on you know, the class reading page or she put it on the class page or just anywhere. Mm. I agree with that too and also using um, in primary schools, some primary schools have YouTube blocked, some schools have um, um, even Google search block. So we need to look as educators, how can we use what we've got available to us and filter that in? Like, can we copy the code of a YouTube clip and put it into Schoolbox? That's how I do all mine. I don't allow my students just to randomly search up YouTube. It's, um, it's actually blocked for the primaries here. Um, so, and I also try to look at, because we're dealing with media that don't have age restrictions, we don't, we have media that is created by we don't know whom. So we don't know who the creator is. Mm. And as an educator, I like to look at it myself and ensure that my audience, my little children particularly, um, if they see it, what else are they seeing? Even these pop-ups of ads and things like that. I also use something called View Pure. And I know maybe not so much in secondary, but what this does is if I'm looking at a YouTube clip, and I don't want all the junk around it. It just puts the YouTube clip in and there's no ads, no advertising. And certainly for our little ones, the suggested videos that come up next. Mm. I'll pop that in the chat as well. That's free where you mm. copy the YouTube clip and you put it into this other site called View, View Pure and it extracts, it just puts the video. And there's also that other little trick where you put a dash between the word you and tube and it takes away I have to find that one. 
So all these little tricks, this is part of your teacher toolkit. So we, we want to use what's there. We know that there's quality out there, but we need to make it safe. And especially for us in primary, it's, it's even more because the last thing we want is something happening in a principal walking past or something and, and things can blow up for us so quickly. So protect yourself. Just one final. Yeah. yeah, can I just um, look at the time, Susan, one minute. Can I just say, I mentioned ClickView because a lot of schools have ClickView and we find with um, a, a YouTube, our boys can no longer access it because that's the YouTube license now. It's tied up with COPA in the US. And so um, the boys can't upload their videos to YouTube and access it at school. So um, they upload, they make it on their phone and they will upload it into ClickView via the ClickView app on their phone. And then they can just get it from ClickView. That works very, very well because every student is given an allocation space. They get five gig in ClickView and um, the government schools all have ClickView, um, mm. yeah. And so um, uh, Kerry Thomas, if anyone's spoken to Kerry, she will always promote that um, part of it and it certainly works well. Wonderful. Now I'm going to have to wrap you both up. We should have just had you chatting. <laughs> that was excellent. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate your generosity and you sharing your knowledge. I think it was wonderful to have the two perspectives um, because you obviously certainly bring um, different experiences, which is so very important. Um, and I really appreciate that. There's been some very positive comments in the chat. So I will be in touch, everybody, via email about the recording, uh, the resources, and uh, gaining your feedback about today. If anybody has anything they've mentioned, if you can please pop it on the Padlet. That way, that will then go back out to everybody, everybody when we reshare that link. Thank you very much for participating in SLAB's professional learning program. I hope you found today's session helpful and supportive and that we see you all again soon. Thank you again to our wonderful presenters. Thanks, everybody. Have a Thank lovely day.